Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Drop, Season 3. Greg Wyshynski, Ardo Cal. We're back. Hockey's back. It's about that time, Wish. We are getting closer and closer to the start of the regular season. But hey, The Drop, back for Season 3. How excited are you for that? <laughs> I don't know how they keep allowing us to do this we keep getting away with it it's the most wonderful thing dude i'm so excited that hockey's coming back uh but that's primarily because i'm a new york jets fan and i really need something else to fill my life at this point yeah like the most <laughs> jetsiest thing to ever happen like even non-jets fans are like this is sad this is a sad state of event so lucky yeah. for you hockey is back we do have a couple of announcements uh why don't we just get those out of the way this will be an eastern conference preview uh we will have a couple of other previews on the show leading up to the regular season kind of spoils the announcement here but uh the drop is coming back in full force in our third season of existence. In fact, Wish, we are going to be twice weekly for the entire season. So basically, we're going to be working a lot more. We're going to be working a lot more. But the cool thing is, obviously, as some of you can tell right now by how you're consuming this content, audio and visual, baby. Greg Wyshynski back in the podcast game, allowed to talk hockey over the audio airwaves twice a week. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm super excited about it. We have so much cool stuff in in in, uh, in in the works too. Like, Drop is of course a place where Arda and I can cook a little bit. We can do some fun things. If you've seen the show on uh, on ESPN Plus, uh, you know that we like to have a little bit of fun. Uh, in fact, one of us, not me, likes to dress up like the Mandalorian on occasion. Um, but also this season, <laughs> easy we're there, be doing I know, I do. I did the chewy. It's true. Uh, this season, we're going to do a series of little mini documentaries that are be embedded in the show. I've got those cooking right now. Those are going to be fun. And of course, the cavalcade of interesting guests, both from the hockey world and hockey world adjacent. Uh, will this be the season, Arda, when we land the Margot Robbie interview? Obviously, she'll be campaigning for Barbie, for Oscar, assuming that the SAG deal is in place by then. My fingers are crossed that year three will be the Margot Robbie year for the drop. We have a season-long chase. Uh, Greg Wyshynski has, that is the Captain Ahab white whale guest for <laughs> Greg Wyshynski. This has been going on for many years. It has now permeated the drop. Somehow, some way, one day, we will have Margot Robbie on the drop. And as Wish mentioned, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can now consume the drop twice weekly in audio form. If you, like me, are very happy that we can hide Wyshynski's face in some way, listen to us <laughs> via podcast. Uh, the NHL on ESPN both. stream. <laughs> Uh, so that is available there as well. Uh, one more thing we should mention. This is an Eastern Conference preview. Uh, Nasher, Andrew Nasher Telfer will be joining us a little bit later on for the Metro Division. Love having him on the show. Look forward to that. The Drop will have a live show at the start of the regular season. So as we all know, October 10th, that's a Tuesday. There is a ESPN triple header. Preds and Bolts at 530. Hawks and Pens at 8 and then VGK and the Kraken at 10.30. So at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Twitter and wherever else you consume us, YouTube, etc., we will have a live episode of The Drop to officially, unofficially, officially kick off the regular season and continue on with The Drop. So this is almost like the soft launch 
but we're here and <laughs> this is great so we're gonna do a lot of preview content leading up to the regular season and let's start with the east as we mentioned and wish uh, why not start with the Atlantic, where clearly the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win everything, and it's just going to be an easy cakewalk for them. No concerns, no problems. They're just going to steamroll. They're going to set a new regular season record and de decimate the Bruins, right? Like, is this where we're going here? It, it, it always works out for the Leafs in the end. Look, listen, <laughs> the demon has been exercised, man. They finally won a round in the playoffs. So it's all it's all upward mobility from there for our dear Toronto Maple Leafs. Um as you can see, the standings, Arda and I both believe that the Leafs are going to finish in first place in the Atlantic. Um, you swerved a little bit. You say Panthers second. I say Bruins second. Uh, here's the, here's my take on the Bruins. Like, okay, they are a the biggest donut this side of Duncan right now in Boston, and the fact they've got nothing in the middle. All right, you're going to war with Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle. It's not the ideal type situation, but, you know, no Bergeron, no Krejci. You got to make do with what you got. What they got. Is a great captain of Brad Marchand. I yes, if you traveled back in time from 2011 and told me that Brad Marchand is a great captain, I probably would have not believed you because he was busy punching Sedins in the face. Uh, but they've got him, <laughs> they've got Pasternak, they've got Lindholm and McAvoy eating up two thirds of the game on the blue line, and they've got the best goaltending battery in hockey until proven otherwise in Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman. Oh, and by the way, they've got a coach in Jim Montgomery who I think has got a system that will allow this team to excel. Uh, rumors of the demise of the Boston Bruins, I think are greatly exaggerated. I think they finished second in the division, but you like the Panthers more. I do, and actually the Bruins are my biggest mystery. I do love Matthew Kachuk. I like what the Florida Panthers are building there. I think that they're going to replicate regular season success from two years ago. I think they're going to be a much stronger regular season team and not just squeak into the playoffs. The Boston Bruins, now we, we I should mention, we have categories here for each division. The first one is biggest mystery in the division. And for me, it is the Boston Bruins because you mentioned there the goaltending tandem. Are, there gonna, are they going to stay as hot? It's going to be very difficult for them to stay as hot. Maybe there is a system there that will assist them a little bit. However, I'm not so sure. I wonder what's going to happen with the goaltending there. I also wonder how these pieces are going to fit together. Like you said, the center depth between Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle. Yeah, Zaka did find some success uh, coming uh, playing on the third line as a centerman depth piece, but now he's going to be called upon to be a 1C or 2C. So, like, I really wonder what's going to happen there with all the turnover. This is a new era for the Boston Bruins. And the thing is, is that they they have it's almost unfortunate that they set this giant record and lost in the first round because now they're going to regress like it, for them to repeat their regular season success is, is 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 would be like impossible almost it would be a miracle for any team to go the way they did for two seasons in a row so they're yeah. going to regress they could set the record for biggest drop in regular season points in NHL history and still be a playoff team you know, and still be so a playoff like, team, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like they they're still contending against that. So I that they're a big they're a bit they're a mystery. That's why I, I picked them as my biggest mystery because I don't know how good they're gonna be. They still have good pieces, but I still don't quite know how good they're gonna be. What was your biggest mystery? Yeah, I'll get to the Bruins a little bit later too in another category with regards to the fall from grace that we had last season. But my biggest mystery. Man, this, this might be like seven years running in this division. Biggest mystery is the Buffalo Sabres. Like every single year we go into it thinking this is going to be the year for Buffalo. They're going to make the leap. 
And I've seen a lot of people really high on the Sabres. I mean, I'm not as high. I actually had them finishing sixth in the division, which we'll get to in a moment. But, um, you know, they, the pieces are there. Look, they're building something wonderful. Tage Thompson we know about. Cousins we know about. Darlene and Power on the blue line we know about. The goaltending's going to be improved. Uh, Don Granato, friend of the show, great coach, lovely man. Donnie Meatballs. The pieces are starting to fit. I just don't know if they're going to gel this season quite yet. We might need another another year in the oven until this thing is baked perfectly. Owen Power, another season. These young players, another season. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be fun to, 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 to follow. I do think they're going to be a relevant team in the playoff hunt. I do think they fall short ultimately. But, I mean, listen, I can't fault anybody on the, on the Sabres bandwagon right now. There's a lot to love here. I'm just not buying what they're selling until it's time. And I'm not sure it's time yet. Here's my question to you. If Devin Levi is excellent this season, are they not a playoff team? If Devin Levi is excellent this season, he's going to win the Calder. <laughs> okay. Like, like the guy who gets, I've often said this about the, Bru I felt this way about Eichel when he was there. Like the, if Eichel could ever get the Bruins, uh, the uh, Sabres rather into the playoffs, like he would have won the heart because it's such a monumental <laughs> achievement to finally get this team back into the playoffs. If Devin Levi is the answer in goal, if he puts up good numbers and the Sabres make the playoffs, I think this guy's winning the Calder over Bedard and Cooley, which we'll talk about in the Western conference episode later wow. this week. But, um, but for me, I'm not sold on him quite yet. I'm not sold overall on the team quite yet. And again, there's so much to love here, and I would love nothing more. The Sabres are the next Blackhawks when it comes to the explosion of fan euphoria that we will see not only in Western New York, but across the nation if A, the Sabres get back in the playoffs, and B, they're a contender. It's all right there. It's all right there. Flaming tables, fans going through them. <laughs> I just don't think we're there quite yet, man. I just think I, I don't think we're quite there yet. I'm on that bandwagon. I just want to be perfectly clear, and I would love nothing more than to have Devin Levi on the show because he's a giant Star Wars fan. He actually has lightsabers on his new mask design. So that's, that's, that's one of my bucket list guests for this season of the drop. Potential bust. I'm going to pick the Ottawa Senators. I actually oh. think they're going to be a good team here. But last season, I thought the same thing. On paper, I thought they built a great team to start the year. And unfortunately, things didn't necessarily go their way. What I think is they've also built another great team here as well. They've addressed goaltending. They've picked up some great pieces in the offseason. They have a banger of a first line. Stutzla, Kachuk, and Giroux. That's, that's a lights-out first line. They also have new ownership. Like, it's a new vibe in Ottawa. And I've lived in Ottawa, so I know how passionate those hockey fans are. And I'm sure they're thrilled to have an owner that says things like, hey, I know that our neighbors, Toronto and Montreal, are this, feel like they're the center of the hockey universe, and I can't wait to prove them wrong. Ottawa fans are eating that up. Are you kidding me? They love that. But I still wonder if they're going to be a playoff team come the end of the season. What about you? They're going to be a playoff team at the end of the season. They're they're my Sabres, man. They're the team of that trio of teams bubbling under the surface. Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo that I think actually makes the leap. I love the Corpusallo signing for the short term. Not a big fan of the contract overall. But I think you put him in that battery of Forsberg. You've got a great goaltending battery. I, I think Stutzla is a star. I think Drew's got another year left to, to cook. I think their blue line is going to be really good. I think Ottawa is the team that's ready to make the leap. Now, will they make the leap with DJ Smith still as their coach? I don't know. That could be one of those deals where he gets fired midseason and they take the leap with another guy. 
But that's neither here nor there. The talent's on the roster. They've got all the pieces in place, and I think Ottawa's the team that can take the leap. My potential bust is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, I, I Listen, listen. T- friends, go to the internets when you have a chance and take a look at the roster of the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup championship team a couple of years ago. Look at how many names are no longer there. Yachty Gord, Ross Colton, Alex Kalorn, the list goes up. Coleman, Gaudreau, all of them. McDonough. How many names from that team are no longer there? And then take a look at the names that have replaced them and then really do a deep dive and figure out who the hell these people are because I don't know half of them. At some point, the atrophy of a roster catches up with a championship team. We've seen this before with other teams that win championships. They become top-heavy, and, and the supporting cast isn't there to push them over the top like it used to. And I think this is the year the Lightning take a step back and actually miss the playoffs in the, in the Atlantic Division. Wish, who's your player you're most excited to see in the Atlantic? We haven't mentioned this team yet because they're probably not going to be good. But the Montreal Canadiens have a young gentleman by the name of Cole Caulfield that I'm very excited to watch. In limited time last year, limited because of injury, Cole Caulfield had one of the more impressive goals per game averages in the league. And I'm hoping he stays healthy this time. I'm hoping he gets uh, even more tutelage from other diminutive star, Marty San Louis, their head coach. And we are all talking about a complete breakout season, star-making season for Cole Caulfield, a bright, uh, shining light on a, uh, a roster that has some dim prospects. Wish our players that we selected as players we're most excited to see, has a deep pro wrestling connection. Your pick is the (laughs) AEW pick, and my pick is the WWE pick. You picked the guy (laughs) that may not be the biggest, that may not be the strongest, but has the excellent work rate, puts on fantastic matches, and is the darling of the community. Whereas I picked the guy that gets the freak pop at the airport, just because he's massive at 6'6", he towers over everyone else on the ice. And still, he's a great worker. And when he does what he does on the ice and when he creates the highlight reels that we've known him to create, people gasp and jump out of their seats because it's him doing it. At that size, you shouldn't have nifty mitts the way that center stage Thompson does. And that's why I am always excited to watch Tage Thompson on the ice. 47 goals, two straight seasons, 94 points last year. Maybe he makes 100 this year. Right. I picked the little flippy floppy guy and you picked, look at him. Look at the size of him. He's a real man. (laughs) Tage Thompson is going to start a whole bloodline with the Buffalo Sabres. That's what's happening. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of storylines, most fascinating storyline. I mean, look, I know this is the cop out answer wish, but it's the obvious answer. Is this the year for the Toronto Maple Leafs? This is going to be a huge story no matter what market you're in, no matter what circles of hockey friends you have. It's going to be the elephant in the room nine times out of ten. And it's not going to stop until the playoffs roll around. We're going to continuously talk about this because at the end of the day, for the Leafs, the regular season just doesn't matter. Make the playoffs and then see what happens there. But this is... The thing is, is that it is always a fascinating storyline because some people love the misery of of the Leafs and Leaf fans not winning and continuously seeing them beaten down. They love it. Others are like, the time has come. We want to see that city pop off when they finally win a championship. So you either love them or you hate them, which is what you want. 
whether you love them or hate them, you're talking about them. So that's what makes them fascinating. Yeah. We both had them at the top of the division. I, I think top to bottom, they're an extremely talented team. Uh, they be- it better be the year based on the age of that blue line, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. Like father, I don't know about father time. Well, it must either, by the way. He's yeah. there standing there with a sickle behind uh, behind some of those defensemen. Uh, they've got incredible offensive talent. I love the Tyler Bertuzzi ad. I think he's going to have an, an epic season playing with Austin Matthews. Uh, the Willie Nielander, Willie Nielander stuff, I don't know. Is he a center? Is he a wing? Who cares? He's very talented. Um I'm, I'm very high on the Leafs. Uh, could they finally win? Potentially. My fascinating storyline, though, is about a team that we all thought was going to win last season, which, of course, is the Boston Bruins. We've already mentioned them a couple times. I, I mean, to me, it's like, have we ever seen a situation like this before where a team had that many expectations placed on it, uh, had an epic regular season, lost in the first round at a titanic upset, and that has to pull itself off the mat and do it again the following season? Your answer, of course, is yes. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They pulled themselves off the mat and won the cup. However, this is that Lightning team if, like, Stamkos and Braden Point left, right? Like, like this Boston team had one shot with the guys they had on the roster, including Patrice Bergeron, the most important player in the franchise for the last 20 years, and he's gone. So that's the real mystery to me is can they pull themselves off the mat after getting kicked in the teeth by Matty Kachuk and the Panthers and ruining what was going to be a destiny-filled season? Um, and can they do it without their spiritual leader? And to me, that's the most fascinating story, I think, maybe in the NHL this season. Hey, it could be the opposite. The Bruins could be a wild card team and make a deep run in the playoffs. It could be literally – it could be a tale of two seasons. Who knows? But yes, I agree with you. It will be fascinating. So that wraps up the Atlantic. We have a special guest to set the table for the Metropolitan. Uh, I know him very well. People in the hockey community know him very well. I've worked with him extensively in the past, especially with NHL esports. Uh, he's a fantastic content creator in hockey, whether it's on the ice, on rollerblades, or in the NHL 24 video game, Andrew Nasher Telfer. <laughs> All right, time to talk about the Metro division. And while this division is absolutely stacked, uh, you can't get away from the elephant in the room, which, of course, is the Columbus Blue Jackets and all the drama that (laughs) surrounded them in the offseason. Who better to bring on to talk about Columbus and the Metro division, the Eastern Conference at large? My buddy and yours, one of the beauties in the hockey community, Andrew Nasher Telfer. Nasher, buddy, thanks for jumping on. Uh, it has been quite the off-season over in Columbus, hasn't it? For good or for bad, yes, it has been uh, very eventful. I got to say, uh, obviously, we love to see the Blue Jackets in the press a little bit. Not the way that we anticipated it to be in the press, but uh, going to be an exciting year regardless. And it seems like everything has been worked out now. So let's talk. So, we're, so we uh, get your... yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Before we get going, oh. uh, can I see your phone? Can I, uh, can I oh, see boy. your phone? I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Go through your text oh, messages gosh. a little bit, you know, just to get a sense of who your family is. Can I see? Seriously, dude, when you heard about this with Mike Babcock, what went through your head as a Blue Jackets guy? I mean, the, the honest truth is you, you want to believe that he's a change man, right? We, we hire this coach. There's a vetting process. They go through this entire thing. You want to think that Babs has changed, and uh, I, I think it's – very, very apparent now that he has not changed one bit. Um, I, I think the, the most telling story is obviously inviting the rookies over to lunch and not giving them lunch, going through their phone and, and sending them on their way. So, uh, I, I mean, what kind of human being does that? You know what I mean? It's just like you, you don't want to believe it. The truth has come out now. I'm glad we got rid of him. I'm glad 
definitely can move on with the season and focus on hockey. And it seems like the locker room's kind of been brought together with this too. So hopefully it's all going to work out. We can all put it behind us and, and move on to bigger and better things. And, and, and glad that it happened even before the preseason, right? So it's not necessarily a distraction during the regular season. And I maintain that if we went through Nasher's phone, all it would be would be roller hockey rinks and hockey rinks. That's it. It would just be a bunch of beauty barns. That's it. Yeah, I got NHL clips and uh, roller yeah. rinks on mine, Babs, if you want to take a look. But. <laughs> so so what about on the ice? The uh, I, I find the Blue Jackets really intriguing. I don't know where to place them. A lot of people are saying still in the basement. A lot of people are saying they're one or two pieces away from a from a wild card contending team i love what i'm seeing from fantilly in the preseason but you boots to the ground in columbus how do you feel about your team on the ice i mean the truth is with fantilly i mean th this is a guy yes he dominated kind of the traverse city and the camps and everything but seeing him in the preseason even yesterday i mean he's dropping no look feeds to line a without even thinking about it this is a guy that fits in right away he's got the size He's got the speed, and uh, I think he's going to be an impact player right away. Give, give him the first-line center role right off the rip, and I think he fits right in. So I think the Blue Jackets, man, everyone's counting them out. You know, they're going to they're gonna put up 65, 70 points. No. I think we finish – I at least give him a wild-card spot, maybe around 90 points somewhere in there. I, I think they're going to have a good season, man. I think they're going to come out and shock the world a little bit. A wild card spot it would be shocking the world, man. That's a pretty crowded field right now, including a bunch of teams over at the Atlantic that all think that they're a little bit more ahead of schedule than the Blue Jackets. Um, tell me, tell me though, uh, on the Fantilli front, the thing I love about that kid, and and you could tell me if I'm right or wrong about this market, but I feel like the market needs an ambassador. I mean, I feel like the market needs a front man, and Fantilli, the big part of point of demarcation for me between him and Bedard is that Bedard is about as exciting as a piece of plywood when he talked to the kid. And then Fantilli is like a hype man. Does Columbus need a hype man? Could Fantilli be that guy? Yeah, I, I saw uh, Jeff, uh, Jackets Insider, he, he tweeted this yesterday. He said this, this is kind of a right place, right time moment for how Fantilli dropped to us in the draft and how that all worked out. I think uh, a guy that's truly excited to be in Columbus, obviously we heard that this is the place that he wanted to go. Uh, he said that before the draft. He ends up here and, and just meeting and talking with him. I mean, he, he's got a true passion for this city, to grow the game, to build this city up. And, uh, I mean, we even saw it yesterday after the OT winner. He, he was sprinting off the ice, waving to the camera. Like, he's got that energy and that it factor that uh, I think we've lacked in Columbus for a little bit. Nasher's back hurts from carrying uh, the <laughs> megaphone of the Columbus Blue Jackets for so long. So it's glad he's got help with Adam Fantilli. His head is in the right place too, right? Like I loved how he had all the names of the people that have helped him along the way when he got drafted. Like you can tell he's got the right vibe uh, about him. So Nasher, what, looking at the rest of the division, uh, this is a pretty stacked division, like I said off the top. Like there are a lot of teams here that could contend. How do you see the Metro? I think, I think the Metro is still one of the toughest divisions in hockey. I mean, the truth is some of those dominant teams in the past, I mean, we have the Penguins and the Caps. that They're starting to settle down a little bit, which is nice. But we still have some other powerhouses coming in. I mean, I think the Devils, it's hard to knock the Devils. I, th I think they have potential to win this whole division, win the entire East, even for that matter, when you have Jack Hughes buzzing the way that he is. I mean, that's a guy that is on a mission. I don't know, NJ Devil, the mascot, is not going to let me li live this down, but I think the Devils are going to do big things this year, and I've got them towards the top. Well, you know, I've got no issue with that, my friend. No issue at all. Hey, listen, uh, you got uh, enough money to buy one ticket, okay? 
you got a chance to go watch Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegris, or Kale McCarr in person. Who do you choose? Ooh. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jack Hughes just because I'll say it just because of his celebrations. Like, you know, if he scores the game-winning goal, he's tossing his stick over the boards. He's doing something crazy. And, I mean, with that, you also get some fun interviews in the process as well. Like, he's, we were talking about the it factor with Fantilli. Jack uses that it factor there with the Devils, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's, he's the certainly... The thing about Jack talking, though, is he doesn't like to talk. But then when he does talk, yep. it's the greatest quote you could possibly imagine. <laughs> like, you build your story around that quote. And they're, like, protective of him a little bit, I think, in Jersey, which is smart because the boy has no filter. And I just hope that continues. Like, I hope that when we look back at, at this era of Jack Hughes, like, it's not like he turns 28 and all of a sudden he's just, like, a drone. Like, I love the fact that the kid is, like, you know, you talk to him about losing to the Rangers and it's, it feels like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him. And like, I hope we we always have that version of Jack Hughes. I think a lot of the league is kind of becoming that, too. Like a lot of these young guys, they're just they're fun in their interviews. They don't care about the camera. They don't care about the filter. Maybe they're used to being on social media and whatnot all the time. So it's nice to see yeah. these guys like being more outgoing and, and Jack Hughes obviously being one of them. Yeah, Zegris is like that, too. I agree. I love that vibe because it makes our job a lot easier. Uh, Nasher, <laughs> a lot of people know about your job. Uh, you stream. You create hockey content. Uh, you're one of the best at it. I, I, You know I say this to you, and I say this publicly all the time. Like, every team in the NHL needs a Nasher equivalent, like the Blue Jackets are lucky to have in Columbus. But uh, what is on your plate this season, my friend? Yeah, big things in the works. Obviously, NHL 24 is coming up, so we've got all sorts of content and events coming with that. I would like to also announce... I'm hosting a Nasher tournament coming up soon that uh, a lot of people can sign up for. So we're going to have kids from all over the country come in and have an elite level tournament here in Columbus. So uh, hopefully growing the game of hockey here in Columbus and uh, getting some, some big names and some big opportunities for kids here. Yeah, keep it locked on Nasher's social media to sign up for the Nasher tournament. That's awesome. I love that you're doing that. That's super dope, man. That's great. Uh, so Nasher, uh, no doubt you'll be back on the podcast, hopefully. And uh, thanks for joining us for this Eastern Conference preview, my man. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Appreciate everything you're doing, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, so let's deep dive into the Metro. We have the Devils and the Hurricanes at the top two positions, as I'm sure many people do when they're looking at the Metro division. But after that, I mean, there are some strong teams here. I mean, it's still a logjam for me in the Metro. Uh, why did you order your teams the way you did? I took Pittsburgh third because I really do think that this is going to be an amazing season to watch for them. And I, and I do think that they've got the pieces here there to be better than the Rangers and be better than the Islanders. And in particular, the Eric Carlson experiment, I think, is going to be huge. It, I, I went to Penguins camp uh, recently, uh, got to see them up close. I think the supporting cast that Kyle Dubas has put into that team, they're going to find a decent one behind the Malkin line, behind the Crosby line. But more importantly, dude. We're going to have a situation where Eric Carlson will be on the ice every time either Crosby or Malkin is on the ice. And then when he's not on the ice, Chris Letang will be on the ice with either Crosby or Malkin. That is a formidable five-on-five -five advantage for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think they'll get their power play figured out. I think with Carlson there, they're going to be top five there. And look, is Tristan Jari really who we wanted to see between the pipes for the Pittsburgh Penguins? No, but when you consider the alternatives – the guy can win in the regular season. I don't trust him at all in the playoffs, but I think he can win in the regular season. I think this Pittsburgh team is going to have that, that kick in the pants they need from the Carlson deal, and they're going to be uh, third in the division with the Rangers right behind. So that ties into the biggest mystery for you is does Eric Carlson make Pittsburgh a contender? The thing, like to your point about that, he got 100 points 
on the San Jose Sharks last season and won the Norris Trophy yeah. and won awards in his native Sweden. Imagine what he's going to do being part of the new Dubas Core 4, Kyle Dubas Core 4, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to be scary for sure, offensively. No yeah, and my, my mystery about him, Arda, is like we haven't seen Carlson play for a reason for a while. Like trying to hit 100 points last year wasn't a reason. That's personal gain. I'm talking about the things that you have to do for your team in order to help them win a championship. And it's been literally, what, like four or five years since he's been in that position. So to have him in what is by far one of the most competitive environments you're ever going to see, I mean, outside of Nathan McKinnon telling you, you know, to put down the M&Ms and eat more lettuce, being on a team with Sidney Crosby is one of the most stressful things that could possibly happen. <laughs> that guy wants to win at everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm very intrigued from my biggest mystery standpoint to figure out what does this Eric Carlson look like in this environment, knowing what he needs to do. And by the way, being a competitive guy himself, I mean, you talk to anybody that's played with this guy, anybody that's interacted with him. The, his his push for excellence is is really formidable, and I'm interested to see how that gels with the Penguins overall. So my biggest mystery is where, and we talked about this with Nasher, but it really is where will Columbus end up this season? Because I can see them being the worst team in the NHL points-wise. I can also see them being a wild-card contending team, especially if they pick up a couple more pieces. What does this team do with an elite player like Johnny Goudreau with Adam Fantilli, who can quickly become elite for this team and be called upon to be elite with a healthy Zach Wierenski. They pick up Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson to shore up the blue line. There, obviously, there's a question mark with goaltending, but I do think that there are some interesting pieces here that could give them a run, a spurt, especially in a long-dragging regular season. I... They are a mist. That's why I'm putting them in the mystery category, Wish, because they could be good. They could be terrible, but there's somewhere in between, right? The truth always lies somewhere in the middle. Maybe they are a team that's barely knocking on the wild card door. Maybe they do for a couple weeks, or maybe they're contending there for a bulk of the season. Like, I can envision both scenarios happening, especially, like I said, if they do make a couple of trades to improve the team throughout the course of the season. Sure. And you know Yarmo will, because that guy's general managing for his job because he hired Mike Babcock. So there you go. Again, Kept, I'm going to say he, again. All those guys, Davidson, Kekalainen, during that whole Babcock press conference, they all said the same thing, which is that our results on the ice will determine our future with this mm -hmm. franchise. They know it. We yeah. know it. If they're a wildcard team, there's a possibility that Yarmo Kekalainen survives this Babcock debacle in Columbus. Now, my potential bust, Arda, Involves my beloved New Jersey Devils. Mm. I want nothing but the best for the Devils, obviously. But you mentioned Damon Severson. I will also mention Ryan Graves, who is now a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think there is, a, especially amongst Devils fans, a little bit of um, naivete that you can lose key defensive components from your blue line. I mean, they still can score like nobody else back there, especially with the addition of Luke Hughes. But... Severson did a lot for that team. Graves did a lot for that team. Schmid, Vanacek in goal as your battery now. I know people are very high on do -do 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 Akira. I am too. He's a great kid. <laughs> but that being said, I think you are devaluing the 
amount of loss that this team experienced on the blue line. And, you know, they've, they've added a little bit back in the offseason. But those two guys in particular were key contributors on that team. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils' defense slips a little bit this season. Is it do-do-do-do Akira or Akira Schmid? We'll let that one slip. Oh, okay. Speaking of mid. Dang. Well, don't, don't, listen, don't give the Rangers fans material, man. They've already got enough material. They don't need you helping them out. Well, right. they, they can take this as material. Speaking of mid, my potential bust has to do with the New York Rangers. I'm looking at Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. I think we have given these two players a long leash, okay? I understand that the spotlight is brighter on them because they are number one and number two overall picks in the NHL draft, but we've been talking about their development for a long time. We've been trying to find these moments where they've excelled. Oh, the kid line was great in the playoffs a couple years ago. Hey, there's flashes of brilliance here, but I feel like this year... It's put up or shut up for these two players. I feel like they really need to show that they are worthy to be whatever, top six players, like find their footing, find their contributions, particularly offensively. And look, in preseason, Alexi Lafreniere is getting just that, playing on top line minutes uh, with Kreider and Zibanejad. Like that's happening now. So... To me, this is a huge, huge proof. As if previous years weren't for these two guys, I think this year is a huge proof it year, especially under the tutelage of Peter Laviolette. We'll see if they thrive under Laviolette's system. So I, yeah. I'm i putting them in potential bust here because the possibility exists, Wish, that they could be overall a bust and maybe they get traded and not thought of uh, in Rangerstown again. But they could succeed as well. This is a huge year for them. I'm 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 a little bit higher on Kako than I am Lafreniere, to be honest with you. I think Kako drives play. He he had good results on the ice. When he played up with with Kreider and Zibanejad last year, they were a really good line, mm -hmm. especially defensively. So I, I I think I'm looking for that Kako breakout. And the other thing too is he's got to get power play time, which I'm hoping Lavulette gives him that he hasn't gotten in the past. Uh, look looking forward to seeing those guys. But the player I'm most fascinated to see this year, the guy I want to see this year, give me a full season of Bo Horvat with the Islanders. What is that going to look like? I mean, we, we got to see a little bit of it last year after the big trade, but now we're going to see a full run with him in, in, on the island, and it's going to go one of two ways. Either he is going to be uh, a real boon for their offense, or he's a guy that maybe was singing for a supper a little bit contractually and doesn't end up being the top-line center type that they think he's going to be. So I'm intrigued because what he does is going to greatly influence what the Islanders end up doing in these standings and a full run of him in, 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 uh, in on the Island is going to be fascinating to watch. I picked Jack Hughes. Uh, I am very excited at the prospect Obviously. of seeing Jack Hughes and Tyler Toffoli together. Uh, Jesper Bratt in the mix too. Like the, the devils have an amazing top six, but I honestly, I mean, Jack Hughes had 43 goals, 99 points last season. He breaks a hundred this season. He could, the, if I were to say Jack Hughes could be a heart trophy candidate this season, I don't think many people are going to argue that, especially his trajectory. So he's exciting. Uh, like Nasher said, I love uh, uh, his sellies. I love when, like you said, when he is open to talking, he gives us incredible sound bites. Uh, he is the total package on the ice. And so he's always exciting to watch. Uh, most fascinating storyline for you is? Easy. Will either Matt Barzell or Temi Panarin grow their hair back? Look. <laughs> Panarin, let's let's take a look here at what they currently look like. Panarin before this this cue ball thing, 
had like angelic hair. Like it looked like something from an Italian Renaissance painting that you'd see on a cherub. And he's shorn it all off, probably to, again, change the mix, change the vibe, change the thing that happened last season. The same thing with Barzell. Barzell had rock star hair. The guy looked like he was straight off the cover of a hockey romance novel. And now he looks like a Sidney Crosby cosplayer. One of these guys is going to grow their hair back. I think it's going to take Panarin a little bit longer than Barzell. So I'm going to put my money on Barzell to do it. But there's a very good chance this is a Samson situation, Arda, where one of these guys is going to find out that the power was in the follicles the whole time. Yes, it could very well be. You mentioned art. This is a total side note. One of my favorite accounts on X slash Twitter right now is art but sports. The guy just takes screen grabs from like different sports and finds the painting equivalent. It's absolutely yeah, it's hilarious. Great. I hope he does more, he or she or they do more hockey because it's just remarkable what they are able to find. My most fascinating storyline, I think it's going to be a lull, obviously, because it won't happen this year, but I'm still on that OV hunt story. I find it interesting. I did the math. This is all I want to say about it because obviously it's going to be extremely difficult for him to do it this year. Um, he's 72 goals away. We haven't seen that happen since 1993, and that was McGillney and Solani doing it. So, like, I doubt Ovechkin's getting 72 goals. But according right. to my math, he will get this done in his 1,465th game. That means he is 118 games away at the pace that he has scored in his career. He is 118 games away from breaking the record, which would mean that would fall around the 36th game the following season, 24-25, if he plays every game. So obviously he's not wow. doing it now, but I'm still hoping he has a monster year. I want to see him put up 60, just because then he'll be that much closer. Uh, I worked out the math for this season, by the way. There's yeah. a game against the St. Louis Blues in January where Ovi is probably going to hit 850 based on his, his scoring uh, his, his scoring averages. Love so it. get on StubHub or SeatGeek now, wherever you buy your <laughs> secondary market tickets. St. Louis Blues in D.C. could be a monumental night for the uh, the the uh, Capitals. Now, I have to imagine, Arda, that when it comes to conference final predictions, mm. you are not going to claim that Alex Ovechkin will play for the conference championship, are you? Absolutely not. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs facing the Carolina Hurricanes. It was tough. Between the Canes and the Devils, I gave the Canes the edge in my prediction, uh, mostly to play contrarian, but I do have the Leafs there firmly, and uh, spoiler alert, I do have the Leafs beyond that as well. I do too, and and I think the Leafs, uh, to me, the story about that team that is very underreported or underconsidered by a lot of people is how good they are defensively. That's a really good defensive team right there, and guys like Marner and guys like Matthews, they can D you up pretty well. Um, I think they're going to find the goaltending from one of those guys in the roster. Uh, and I do think that the diminishing Titans in the Atlantic division, Boston, Tampa in particular, opens the door for the Leafs to walk on through. I have them uh, playing the Devils in the conference final. I do think the Devils are in there. We, you got to you gotta take a few L's before you get your W-type mode. And I think uh, that might be the next step in the revolution. Get to the conference final and then experience additional heart, heartache and heartbreak. Uh, like the Leafs have in multiple seasons. Multiple, multiple decades, seasons. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, going all uh, the way back to the early aughts. The turn of the century. The turn of the century. 
So that does it for our Eastern Conference preview. Thank you so much, Nasher, for joining us. He'll definitely join us again. The Nasher tournament sounds incredible. Uh, our Western Conference preview will drop on Thursday. Remember, we are twice weekly now, two times a week, whether you see us on ESPN NHL YouTube or in audio form. The podcast is back. Greg Wyshynski is back in your audio. For you audiophiles out there, rejoice. Greg Wyshynski back on NHL yeah. podcasts. You can find I, that. I on, know all of you your ear thrilled. canals have missed terrible impressions and harsh New York, New Jersey accents <laughs> and dated pop culture references. And I'm so happy to be back to provide them all for you twice a week. Can't wait for to hear you talk to Margot Robbie this season. I'm putting it out there, just putting the vibes <laughs> out there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So the Western Conference preview, we will actually have Jesse Pierce of the Bar Down Beauties podcast join us to yeah. give us a little bit of a Western Conference preview. That will drop on Thursday. In the meantime, in between time, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you on Thursday. Take care.